John chapter 3, please. Verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. For if I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. You know the Lord will bless that reading of his own inspired, divine, and precious word this morning. Let us bow in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for so many being brought out this morning. We thank you, Lord, that this tent is filling up again, Lord, after people with their away on holidays. And for those who are still away, we pray your blessing on them. For those who are ill, And at home we pray your hand to be with them. And we pray, Father, this morning now for us who are here, those who are watching. And Lord, we ask you for them, Lord, that you would give them their portion. But Lord, for here, may your spirit move in our hearts. Help us to see eternity. Help us to see the face of Christ. To look into and to gaze into his eyes, his face. To behold him, even as it was said around the table. So we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, have thine own way in this place this morning. For Jesus' name's sake, I ask it. Amen. On Wednesday evening, um, we were in the prayer meeting, and I got the word for tonight and Wednesday evening. And it's entitled it's time to shine in the day of gross darkness for tonight but I kept getting this drip as it were of a word into my into my head and then into my spirit it wouldn't leave me alone and it was just the word Nicodemus Nicodemus and I read it and I prayed about it and I got nothing from it and I thought about it and I just took the page and I started to write prayed and said Lord I don't know why this is in my heart and in my mind, but I believe you're giving it to me, so I'm going to write. Will you actually just push the pen, as it were? That's why I would pray. Push this pen and direct me in what to bring. And so I started to write. How many sermons, how many gospel preachers, how many Sunday school teachers and youth leaders How many times has this chapter of John 3 been used over the years? We don't know, but it is certain that God knows. How many times has it been read in public, in platform and pulpit? How many times has it been rehearsed in the ears of the people and told them preached unto them and spoken about is to you and I countless. 
But to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is an encounter, a little spot in the historical map, a conversation in part of one evening at night and in the dark, spoken only between two men, yet recorded in the annals of heaven forever. It is so simple, a child can read it and understand it. A religious, self-righteous person can hear it and be challenged by it. But the saved can go over it again and again and again and again and marvel at the wonder of it. John 3 and 3, the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus, Except the man be born. Notice, be born. In other words, they're born, but they must be born. It's something different. Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse 5, he says, Except the man be born. There's the words again. It seems to lend itself that, look, we're already born, but you must be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then in verse 7, Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born. There's it again. You must be born again. Don't be surprised, he said. You must be born again or you must be born from above born of the spirit born from above the simplicity yet the profundity of this chapter and especially this Christ encounter between Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus is so large in its expanse And so deep in the spiritual nature of it, it shows the reader and tells the hearer some mysteries, some mysteries of the secrets of heaven. When we read John chapter 3 and verse 6, pardon me, not 16, yes, included, John chapter 3 this morning, when we read of Nicodemus coming to talk with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are reading And we are hearing secrets and mysteries of heaven. When we look into the face of Christ, we look into the face of eternity. When we look into the eyes of Christ, as it were, on the reading of the scriptures in the spirit, we are looking into eternal matters, not just the a man's eyes or and a woman's eyes are, as it were, the gateway of the soul, as it said. But here, when we look into the eyes of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, we're looking into eternity. We're looking into the never-ending. We're looking into the everlasting. To behold and to look into the face of Christ. Nicodemus was a religious ruler. He was a ritual worker, if we can call it the Jewish church, if you want, at the time. He was a ritual uh, worker. In other words, he was doing. He knew everything. He could put the the cross and the T and the dot on the I. He could uh, do every jot and tittle, all of that stuff. And this man knew there was something about the Lord Jesus. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. One who sat in the the, the Sanhedrin was in the Supreme Council and Tribunal of the Jews, uh, having religious, civil and, as it were, criminal jurisdiction over people. This is the sort of man who came to the Lord Jesus Christ by night. Nicodemus was a man of intelligence. He was a man of religious knowledge and of historical, traditional, scriptural wealth. Notice this. This was, if you want, today. He was such a religious, highfalutin, alphabet line of letters after his name from college man. Yet this man knew nothing of the new birth. But 
But when he came face to face with Jesus, when Nicodemus came face to face with Jesus, he came face to face with God. With the word of God, the eternal word. He came face to face with the eternal spirit of God. He came face to face with the son of the living God. Nicodemus opened his mouth to ask questions from a finite mind. It's not what we do. We open our mouth to ask questions and our doubtings and our wonderings from our finite minds. We can only hold and we can only retain so much. Even attention span is limited. But this man comes full of all of the doctorates that he had and he comes before the eternal God and flesh. And he comes at night when he comes and beholds the face and the eyes of Christ. He beholds and looks down into eternity. And as though when Christ opens his mouth and his heart, eternity just opens up to a man called Nicodemus. And we, when we come in prayer sometimes, when we look, as it were, at the face of God in prayer in Christ, when we come and bring our petition, sometimes our doubtings and our wanings and our and our wanderings, they can cause us to stray away when all of a sudden eternity has opened up to you. See, you and I, when we pray, we're, we're not praying as if, as Paul says, as one that beateth the air. We're not shadow boxing, in other words. You ever see a boxer training, and part of his training is shadow boxing? Not right, Sean? Get the shadow boxing going. Beating the air. And when we pray, we're not coming to shadow box, or when we pray, we're not coming, as it were, to beat the air, because it's wind. It's nothing. It's futile. Rather, we're coming. We have to believe it. When we pray, we have to believe it. We're coming to look into eternity. The power of eternity. The life of eternity. The God of eternity. So Nicodemus opened his mouth to ask questions from a finite mind and from a limited intelligence, although he was an intelligent man. But listen, the Lord Jesus opens his mouth with answers of eternal matters for the soul. The Lord Jesus opens his mouth to answer him with eternal matters for the soul. The word of God is eternal matters for your soul's welfare. The word of God is the eternal matters for the welfare of your soul and mine. That not only to be saved and how to be saved through Christ alone. But the word of God is how to live before him in a sanctified manner. And in a sanctified way. And so the Lord Jesus opens his mouth with eternal matters for the soul and with words which can only be truly received and believed by those who are to be born again from above. In other words, when Christ speaks of being born again, you must be born. He is opening himself and his mouth to tell Nicodemus of the electing love Do you get it? Of the electing love and the irresistible grace from before the foundation of the word. And many in the flesh cannot get it. I'm speaking about Christians. Their fleshy mind thinks, well, I still have to do. I still have to be. And I still have to change. I have to choose. The Spirit drew Nicodemus to Christ that night. And Nicodemus, a man of flesh and blood like you and I, could not be saved in all of that which we have spoken about. But little did he know that night he would be drawn 
He might have thought it was curiosity. Or even a coincidence that he came across the Nazarene. But all the time it was the electing love of the Father. And the irresistible grace of God which drew him. And when he speaks, he speaks to God. And when Christ opens his mouth, he viewed eternity through the Spirit and the Word. So I'm in my study. Lord, I don't know. Everybody's preached everything all these times, taught about it from kids up. They've tried to do this of a book by Spurgeon. And it's all his sermons on John, uh, John's gospel, th- chapter 3, verse 16 just. Some of it may refer to other parts. And I read it 20, over 20-something 20 years ago. Uh, and it was a great book. But I was saying, Lord, how do I write it, something about John 3, chapter 3? And not just do a rinse and repeat. So I pray this morning you're already seen. The Holy Spirit has shown you in Christ the glimpse of eternity. So I sat down and that's what I wrote. What we have said so far. But we're not finished yet. Nicodemus had education. But the Lord Jesus brought revelation. Nicodemus had education But the Lord Jesus brought revelation. And I thought about this and I thought about it. That this simple, this simple chapter which John writes, it's loving and yet it's, it's powerful, it's simple, yet its profundity has no limit to the depths of it. I was talking to Willie Black on the phone. Friday, Willie was. I said, I'm sitting writing this, Willie. I think it was Friday. I'm sitting writing this, and the Lord has just brought me, as it were, in the spirit to write this. And I can't explain it to you now, but I trust that the Lord will open the hearts of men and women on Sunday morning to let them behold him. I said, Lord, usually this is for the gospel, to reach the lost, to reach the sinner. But I felt sit and write. Sit and write. So I continued to write. The opening of the heart and mouth of Christ is the opening of the gate of heaven to the souls of men. To give them a glimpse of glory and to instruct them on how to get there. And so in simplicity, with deep profundity and authority, the master opens his mouth and he speaks to Nicodemus. Marvel not. But I said unto thee, you must be born again. Hence Nicodemus asks, how can a man be born again? How, how does this happen? Can he enter into his mother's womb the second time and be born? He's a man of flesh. The wonders of Christ and his words. The glories of Christ. The depths of all that he says are way past our finding out. In Psalm 78 and verse 2, listen to what it says. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter dark sayings of old. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter dark sayings of old. The thing about this is, if you turn to Matthew 13, please. 
Matthew chapter 13. The Lord Jesus, the great parable teller, the great parable speaker. Notice, when we look here, he tells parables of the kingdom. And in Psalm 78 and verse 2, Yahweh, Jehovah God is saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter dark sayings of old. In other words, I will bring things out that you don't even know about. I will show you these things. Eternal matters. I'll open my mouth and eternity pours out from me. And hence the Lord Jesus telling parables. Matthew 13, please. Let your eye run right down the chapter to verse 35. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Can you see this? That the one in Psalm 78 is the one in Matthew 13 clothed in flesh. Deity clothed in humanity. Can you see that the one who opens his heart and his mouth to, to a man who is religious and educated and intelligent called Nicodemus and he says, you still can't be saved by this, by, the, by all of your efforts and trying. When Nicodemus looked into the face of God, he looked into the face of eternity, all in Christ. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. I think this would prove to anyone the divinity and the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 3, it isn't a parable. It's a conversation between two men, Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus Christ. Nicodemus, his name means conqueror. Conqueror. And it comes from two words, nikos or nikos, which means victory. Victory, or it gives the idea to utterly vanquish. And it's made up of the other word, demos. So, nekodemos or nekos and demos. And demos means the common people. And it's where we get our word democracy from. Victory over the people. And here's a man with all the, the credentials behind him. Pharisee. Jews religion. Temple worship. Here's a man with intelligence, the Sanhedrin, in civil and religious government. Here's a man who, who suddenly is touched. Suddenly is touched by what he sees in Christ. Nicodemus had to come to a place where he wasn't his own name's sake. He wasn't, as it were, victory over the people. He wasn't the victor, but rather he needed to come to the place where he was the sinner. He needed to humble himself before God. And this man comes at night. Some say he came because he didn't want anybody to see him coming, which is probably true. To be associated with the Galilean, the Nazarene. The Nazarene. To be associated with Jesus was a dangerous thing, but it was a, a scurrilous thing. It was something that you, you would be put to the side of society because this man is nothing but a troublemaker, yet here he is. He's the Lamb of God, yet he's God of very God. Notice this, if you will. It isn't a parable in John 3, and neither is what the Lord Jesus is saying a parable. But both of these require the Spirit of God. 
For example, John chapter 3, verses 3, 5, and 7 tells us you must be born again. Speaks of salvation. Would you say salvation? Salvation. Matthew 13, if you will, and just go to verse 13. Matthew 13 and verse 13. doesn't speak of salvation so much as it speaks of revelation. Revelation. Would you say revelation? Revelation. The revelation of Christ. The revelation of the Son of God. The revelation of Him. The revelation of the, the kingdom of God in, yes, in substance, but in spirit. Matthew 13, please, and verse 13. The Lord Jesus says, therefore, speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing not and hearing they hear not. They see, pardon me, let me start that again. Therefore, I speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not and they hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Now, you and I are told that everybody will have the choice. Let me go on. And the name is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. And if you want to look that up later on in the book of Isaiah, you'll find it in chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. So Christ is taking from Isaiah the prophet, verse 15. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should hear with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. What Jesus is saying here, they can't hear. They can't hear. They can't see. They can't understand. They're full of religion. That's what he's saying. They can't be saved by this. Lest they should be converted. Brothers and sisters, you and I need to grasp hold of this because the next verse, I trust you'll look into eternity here because we've looked into, as it were, in the Gospels and in the Word and, and through the Spirit, the face of Christ. And his face is the face of God. And God is the God of eternal matters. He says they can't hear, they can't see, they can't understand. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have, have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Lord Jesus, even at his day, and when he had come, he says, they can't understand these matters, because they're men of flesh. And as Pastor Glenn said around the table, about works of righteousness, can't be done. Can't be done outside of Christ. But the Lord Jesus said that you who has heard the word, the voice of God as it were, in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you are the object of the, of the Father's love then. That you in your sin when you were an enemy and an enmity against God, away from God, dead to God, that you and I were the object of the Father's love. I'm going to look in one second, time willing, that the Abrahamic covenant cannot say if it speaks to the, 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 the flesh. Your flesh, you don't care what color your skin is. 
You curse your lily white. You won't be saved. Unless it's in Christ. Before Jesus is saying, you are blessed. Can you see this Christian this morning? He could have left us to our own devices. He could have left us on a broad road to destruction, trusting in sprinkling as a baby or trusting in a denomination or trusting in our own deeds and good works. He could have left us and yet we would have been blinded. Could have left us in the world where we were deep-dyed sinners. As you know, I didn't grow up in church. Could have left me like this for some reason. For some reason, only in the heart of God do we know. Do I know? For some reason, he chose to love you. He chose to love you. And he came in the person of his son to save you. And hence the Lord says, but blessed are your eyes. But blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. He even goes back, he says, listen, the prophets. We always say we'd love to be in the place where there has been revival. We'd love to be in the place where we read of the Ulster revival and the Welsh revival and the Hebridean revival. And I want that. We all want that, don't we? We all desire that. We all need that. The great awakenings across the United States. And we could go on. We, we wish for those times of revival. We pray for them. And even when we go to mission at the end of the month, we're looking that the Lord would save. And, and he saves here and a one here and a two there. And sometimes a few here and a few there. And we, we look in back further again and say, I wonder what it was like to be an apostle in the days of Christ. We could go back and say, I wonder what it was like to be in the times of David. If at a time machine we'd go back and see, I'd love to live and, and see Abraham, Father Abraham himself. I'd love to be there to see that. But brothers and sisters, Jesus says to you and to I this morning, you and I are more blessed because we are come to God's kingdom for such a time as this. And you're blessed because your eyes have beholding the word of God, Christ, and you've looked into eternity. When you get saved, you've seen your eternal welfare. The Holy Spirit showed you it. The word of God proved it. And you realize the Son of God has accomplished it for you. And brothers and sisters, we are blessed at this time, we're living, and I believe, in the very last of the last of the last days. Maybe the latter of the last. I don't know how long it will be. But I know that Christ is coming. And I am blessed to be living in this time. All the things the prophets pointed to. All the things the prophets spoke about. All the things the apostles wrote about was about our day and age. And I believe it right through the whole time. Of, of Israel's dispersion and regathering, right the whole way through, the whole time of us, right the whole way through the Reformation, they spoke about it, they pointed to it. Some of us said, I'd love to meet Martin Luther or maybe John Calvin. I'd love to go and do the Diet of Worms and be a fly on the wall and, and hear what they had to say there in the Wittenberg Cathedral in Germany. I'd love to go and see all of that. Well, yes, but we are blessed to be living in this day and age because we are living before eternity breaks the skies again. You're saved. You're blessed. You know, we sing a little course, I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. Well, maybe this morning you'll realize it with all your heart. I'm saved. If you're saved, you're blessed. You are blessed. So John 3 Nicodemus and Jesus is about salvation. John 13 is about revelation. John chapter 3, please. John chapter 3. 
Mr. Nicodemus, sees Jesus as a man out of the ordinary. He says in verse 2, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. You see, he's come from God. Well, he got that right. He got that right. But he says, no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And God was with him, of course he was. But he still hadn't got there yet. Not only did he get it right that he was from God and God was with him. He was God. We looked at it earlier. He was God. Come from glory. The thing about it is, let your eye run down for time's sake, just to verse 6. Because Nicodemus had wondered, how can a man who's born enter into his mother's womb a second time be born again? Notice, be born. Verse 6, Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Christ is pointing here to the Abrahamic covenant. He says, Nicodemus, you're of Israel, of Abraham to the flesh. It's still not enough. Still not enough. And you and I, in our flesh too, still not enough. It's not enough. And so eternity pours out, literally flows out of the mouth of Christ. Secrets kept from heaven and eternity. Notice what he says in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So what he's saying here is the Abrahamic covenant, while it's an unconditional covenant, and God has kept his word nationally speaking, racially even speaking, for salvation, Christ need to come and die. If Nicodemus, if you or I, whatever we claim, doesn't matter what it is, if we had claimed our our inheritance of the flesh or religion or anything, if we would have claimed it, if we could have been saved because, well, we're, we're white, we're European or whatever we would call ourselves or whatever color. Yeah. There's those who call themselves Hebrew Israelites and all this old stuff and they're, they're black. That's enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not the flesh. Oh, but it's the covenant. Oh, I, Abrahamic covenant. Yeah, he's saying to him here, yeah, the Abrahamic covenant. People are saying the Jews will be saved by another way other than the blood of Christ. What blasphemy. Come on, brothers and sisters, think about this. If that was, if that covenant was enough, if that covenant was enough, then why did the Father need to send his son to us to die? Here's a man of Jewish religion. If the Jewish religion was enough, and he was under an Abrahamic covenant as such, why would the Father need to send his son, the Lamb of God, to die? If temple worship was enough, if temple sacrifice was enough, why would the Father need to send the Son to come and bleed and die? Think about this. People throw these things out all the time. 
that the Jews will be saved by their own sacrifice and the Jews will be saved by their own temple tells me nowhere of it in Scripture. It tells me Christ died once and for all. It tells me that you and I and everyone who would be saved must come by the way of the cross through the blood of the Lamb. Regardless of who you are. And Jesus is saying, your flesh, the unconditional Abrahamic covenant is is for you. Yeah, absolutely, Nicodemus. And the one who gave Abraham the covenant is standing before Nicodemus. What is it, 2,000 years later, almost, 1,500 years, standing before him. Don't tell me, Nicodemus, that your flesh or your works or your arms or your deeds or your intelligence or whatever you have to try and offer is enough. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Your works are flesh. Your arms are from the flesh. Your deeds are from the flesh. Your sacrifices are all fleshy. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the Holy Ghost will be saved. It says in verse 12 and 13. Take note of this. It says to Nicodemus, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not. Earthly things. Let's think about this. Let's think about the, the pedigree of this man. Jesus says, I've told you things about the earthly things. And you still can't believe. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? He opens, his heart opened and his mouth speaking and opened to Nicodemus was heaven opened. Basically it was eternity in him, the great eternal spirit of God flowing through him. The word of God which was with the Father in heaven, before him, wrapped in flesh. Opens his mouth, and as it were, and I don't mean this to be any way irreverent, but if Nicodemus could have went inside his mouth, he'd have went into eternal matters. Because here, in the treasure of Christ, he held everything from before the foundation of the world. He was the, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. He's everything in between. He's the Aleph and the Tav of the Hebrews. He said, the the, the A to Z, he's everything. Every word of the Father, everything of the Father, everything to do with the Father, the essence of the Father was in him. When he opens his mouth, eternity flows. Oh, speaking reverently, if he could have got inside there. Boy, what a treasure. What a treasure. Think of when David wrote, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth a great spoil. What spoil? What treasure lies in the bosom of Christ? Notice he says, And no man hath ascended, verse 13, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he, speaking of himself, that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Notice, this is a conundrum. Let me tell you what happened. A few, oh, I don't know, five or six years ago, my door opened, and there was two Jehovah's Witnesses at the door. And dear love them, they were sorry they came and wrapped my door. <laughs> Denying the deity of Christ. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Denying his eternality. He didn't begin at Bethlehem, brothers and sisters. He had no beginning. He's eternal. And they're the stand and we're conversing and 
talking and debating. Jesus isn't God. And they have their new world translation, they call it. And funny enough, this verse is out of their translation. It's been taken out. John 3 and verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Let me put this in a nutshell. Speaking of the eternality, the deity of Christ, standing before this man, Nicodemus. Jesus is saying, I'm the one who came down from heaven. And Nicodemus, I'm standing before you. And you before me in conversation. I came down from heaven. And yet at the same time, I'm still in heaven. Tell that to your Muslim friend. Go tell that to the Jews. Tell that to the Jehovah's Witness, the Unitarian Presbyterian who don't believe in the deity of Christ. Go tell them that. Go check their Bible. And funny enough, the, the world, New World Translation of the Jehovah's Witness, I looked it up with them. It says, what's well, that in the Bible? I says, hold on, they go and get mine. I says, there's there. And they backed off and ran down the street nearly like two scalded cats. When Nicodemus met Jesus, when Nicodemus had a Christ encounter, when Nicodemus met Jesus, he stood before all eternity, flowing through him. Here he is, in a clay vessel of flesh and blood and bone. The appearance of God, the manifestation of the invisible spirit. God with a face. Very God of very God, yet man of very man. Oh, so Andy Warner, Paul says, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh. I must close. This is what the Spirit of God does when we are regenerated. When we're born again, the Spirit shows us the Godhood and the Godhead and the deity of the Son of God. He's not just a good man. He's not just a good man. He is the God-man. Here are three points. You can look them up when you go home and that's me done. Because on this premise, what we have spoken about this morning, on this premise, verse 14, the Lord Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Speaking of Calvary, Moses lifted up that brazen serpent on the pole and it was look and live. Whoever would look at it, it was spitten by snakes, would live. The, the faith and the look at the, at the serpent was the anti-type. Now Christ comes and he likens himself to this bronze serpent which was lifted up in the wilderness for people who would look and live. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And see, the next time you speak, read, teach, or tell John 3.16, think of this. It's a nice wee verse, isn't it? John 3.16, it's, it's glorious. It's a gospel in a nutshell, so to speak. But think of this morning. Think of the one who spoke it. Here's three wee points. Don't know where to do this next week or not, but here's three wee points of God. I thought about it. First, who says the same Nicodemus that is came to Jesus by night? And everybody mentions that from Sunday school upwards, so I didn't want to dwell on that, but I wrote Nicodemus sneaks up to Jesus. 
Nicodemus is mentioned in John 7, you know, as well. And in verse 50 it says, Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night being one of, one of them, verse 51, Doth our law judge any man before it heareth him, and knoweth what he doeth? This is after his conversation, his Christ encounter, Nicodemus when he meets Jesus. This is later on speaking to his fellow Pharisees and possible Sanhedrin all about Christ. They're looking to get rid of him. He says, Basically, is he not innocent before proving guilty? So Nicodemus speaks up for Jesus. He sneaks up, then he speaks up, and in John 19 and verse 39, around the cross, when Christ has died, it says, And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Verse 40 says, Then took the, the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes, with spices and I wrote he sneaks up he speaks up now he stands up for Jesus the crucified Christ he says I'm taking my stand with him sure he's dead Nicodemus he can't help you now he's dead it's over why would you even stand up now what's he standing up now what, what good is he to you see from John 3 16 or pardon me John 3 so natural to say that, isn't it? See in John chapter 3 in his meeting with Christ, he knew by the time he was finished, he was looking into eternity. And by the time John 19 comes, he says, I don't care who thinks what of me, I'm going to show my devotion to him. And he comes to anoint his body, knowing that this is not the end. Knowing that death is not the end, that this is the great victor, not him. He had to humble himself. Here's the real victor in Christ. And God bless his word to us all this morning. And God richly.